Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. Football is back, and so is winning season at MyBookie. NFL, college football, and a brand new cash-out system give you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and use the funds on another bet, or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Use early cash outs as a tool to stay in control of the action at MyBookie. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag now and register an account for free. When you're ready to make your first deposit, just use promo code TSUS to grab a welcome bonus on the house. That's promo code TSUS to claim your deposit bonus and, for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. You can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TS. U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. rankings for week three from yours truly we start at number 14 i'm going with the vanderbilt commodores and i know that while there was some some discussion some debate some back and forth over the last couple of weeks vandy sits at number 14 and deservedly sits at number 14 Really ugly loss on Saturday at Wake Forest, guys. And Vandy just flat out has not impressed me. They have not. you know. And I know that we came in with realistic expectations for Vandy football, but I really thought that Vanderbilt could at least get out of the cellar. They could at least get out of the 14 spot. But the offensive line hasn't looked good. The secondary hasn't looked good. The defense got shredded on Saturday. They got issues defensively, right? Because this is a Wake Forest team that, no Sam Hartman. I would not call them an offensive juggernaut. I don't think this is the Wake Forest team, you know, that we saw from last year or years prior. And uh, a big missed opportunity for Vanderbilt on Saturday. I, I got to see them beat somebody with a pulse before I move them out of the spot. Number 14 for me and resting firmly in that 14 spot, the Vanderbilt Commodores. At number 13. The Florida Gators remain in this spot, beating McNeese over the weekend by a final score of 49-7. to Gators have a great chance this weekend to change their positioning as they host the Tennessee Volunteers. Tennessee, by the way, guys, just a six-and-a-half-point favorite in this ballgame. Volunteers have only won there twice in the last 51 years. And the last win for UT in the Swamp was 2003. So, you know, I, I think this is a huge opportunity this week for Billy Napier in this Florida football program. Like, if they're going to – I mean, it's a game that I don't know that many or if anyone really is expecting them to win. But if Florida's going to overachieve, say, hit seven or eight wins, God forbid, with that schedule they have, this is the game that Florida's got to show up and sort of flip the script. Like, flip the SEC East on its head, right? Like, this is the game – They've got to find a running game. They got to get Montrell Johnson and Trevor Etienne going. You know, Graham Mertz has got to be efficient. He doesn't have to win the game, but he can't lose them the game. And then what do we get out of Joe Milton, obviously, in this football game? But a huge opportunity for Florida. I could see them jumping up a couple spots, especially if they can get the win against Tennessee. You know, but right now, all we have to go off of that loss to Utah in week one, which you know, again, I don't hold it against them as much as maybe some others because there's so many teams in the SEC that would have lost that game 
on the road in Salt Lake City. And then McNeese, I mean, a 49-7 to blowout win, but what can we really learn from a game like that? So, number 13, the Florida Gators sit until we see otherwise. At number 12, this is where our first shuffling starts to happen, guys. At number 12, I got the Missouri Tigers. I have been very underwhelmed by what I've seen from Mizzou. And their defense, listen, their defense is still elite. It's one of the best in the SEC. Their defense is going to give them a chance to win a lot of football games. And I'm actually really excited, guys, this weekend to see how they fare against Kansas State, right? Because that that will finally be a test, right? Like, on a side note, by the way, I just, like, I almost feel bad for Missouri and Kentucky fans. And, like, because, you know, as cool as it is to be 3-0 and and 4-0, and like, you look at the scheduling for those teams, and they schedule cupcakes right at the gate. They get their four non-conference, for the most part, out of the way, and then they take on SEC play. How much would that suck, though, being a fan of one of those teams? And you're three weeks in, four weeks in, and you still know nothing about your football team. I just, like, what is the value in that? You know what I mean? I, I just don't understand that. Either way. Missouri, man, they had to escape death practically at Faroe Field. 23-19 victory over Middle Tennessee State. Brady Cook was average. You know, I I think because of their struggles, guys, on the offensive side, their defense is still elite. But I've just been against not-so-great competition. And I know a lot of teams in the SEC have looked shoddy, and it makes it very tough to do these things like power rankings and, and what have you to figure out these teams in the SEC. But I got to see more. Mizzou, to me, has just been so underwhelming. And you're telling me at home you almost lost to a Middle Tennessee State team that got blasted by Alabama. Now, I know it's Alabama. Still, you're an SEC football team. You're almost going to let Middle Tennessee State come into your house and beat you. That deserves to me to knock them down. I got Mizzou at number 12. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. At number 11, guys, I've got South Carolina. And this has irked many of you. Chris, how could you have this team ahead of that? Guys, we dropped the Gamecocks from 9 to 12 after the week one loss to UNC. How much do you really think it's worth beating Furman? In a game in which you were trailing 14 to 7, then tied 14 to 14. Like, and that was late into the second quarter. 
Give the Gamecocks all the credit in the world. They bounce back with the offensive line. They block much better. Spencer Rattler has been fantastic. And that's probably the biggest reason why I put South Carolina ahead of Mizzou because of the play of Spencer Rattler. Because I still think Mizzou, guys, we've got a long way to go till that game. I still think Mizzou's better on both lines of scrimmage than South Carolina, especially in the matchup with their D-line that is very good against Carolina's O-line. But the Gamecocks at 11, you bump up one spot. It feels right to me. Because to be fair, Spencer Rattler's playing great. Xavier Leggett has been fantastic. What can you hang your hat on for South Carolina beyond that? Who's been a standout? Who, who, who has played at a high level at this point? And so all we know about South Carolina right now is they've played one game against Power 5 competition and got their shit kicked in. And they played one game against the FCS team. And yes, they stumbled out of the gate, but won that game by 26, ran away with it in the second half. We know nothing besides that. 11 is the correct ranking for South Carolina at this point. And guys, based off some other SEC power rankings I've seen, I'm being pretty generous. I think most out there have the Gamecocks at 12 or 13. Now, South Carolina, I think even in defeat this weekend, even if it doesn't go Carolina's way and get in the victory, I think South Carolina can earn a lot of favor in Athens. If you take Georgia to the wire or play that game much closer than people are expecting, if you show improvement on both lines of scrimmage and you can hang with Georgia, I think you could move up even in defeat. But you got to get to that point first because what we've seen thus far, guys, as good as Spencer Rattler and Xavier Leggett have been, negative two rushing yards against North Carolina and 2.8 yards per carry against Furman. Hard to put them any higher when that's the reality you are facing in your running game and also your defensive line of scrimmage and your defense as a whole. At number 10, guys, I've got the Mississippi State Bulldogs. And again, this is one. Chris, you're really riding out this Mississippi State thing, are you? Why, why are you so high on State? Well, guys, Mississippi State has a win over a Power 5 team. I give credit for that. And I know Arizona's not great. I know Mississippi State had to win the turnover margin 5-1, to one and you know they were double-digit favorites at home and had to squeak it out in overtime. But the bo- bottom line is this. In a period of transition from the Pirate to, to Zach Arnett and changing offenses and the fact of the matter is this, Mississippi State is 2-0. They are 2-0 under massive transition period. And they took down an Arizona team. They're not scrubs. They're not slouches. they got playmakers on their side. They've got good offensive players. And I also think right now, because a lot of this goes with guys, who do I think would win at a neutral site, right? If these teams played against each other, who would win on a neutral field? We'll talk about it more next week when the Gamecocks actually do face Mississippi State, but I think there's an argument there. Mississippi State's got the advantage on both lines of scrimmage yet again. They can run the football. They're running the football now with Joe Quavius Marks. They got a fantastic quarterback in Will Rogers. So I like what Mississippi State has done to this point. I thought that was a big win over Arizona, just again, in a period of transition. State's got a big one this week hosting the LSU Tigers. That's going to be a massive ball game. 
And it could go a long way, obviously, in the way the SEC West shakes out and obviously going to have a major impact on these power rankings as well. Right now, I've got Mississippi State 10th. At number nine, speaking of teams that had big wins over the weekend, how about the Auburn Tigers? It was ugly. It was sloppy. Burned the game tape. The offense is abysmal. Auburn getting the dub. 2-0 in the Hugh Freeze era. Going out to Cal. Going out to the West Coast. Anytime, guys, you travel multiple time zones and you get a W, that's a solid win in my book. Now, they got them some things to figure out with Peyton Thorne and Robbie Ashford, the quarterback situation. Um, you know, they're, they're running back, holding onto the football. Defense was stellar, obviously, against Cal. And they've got another game this week, playing Samford this weekend to, to keep it rolling, build momentum, if you will, get the 3-0 and right. They've got that big matchup with Texas A&M the following weekend on the plane. So who knows? But right now, I, I like what I'm seeing from Auburn. I think you feel the Hugh Freeze effect. I think you feel the Hugh Freeze effect. They've still got issues. They've still got things to figure out. So far, so good, though, for Hugh Freeze sitting at 2-0, and and they sit at ninth in our power rankings this week. Coming in at number eight, this is one that is highly debated because I think many of you, after their loss, wanted to see this team go all the way to 14, by the way some people act. I've got Texas A&M at number eight, and let me be very clear. I am upset at myself for drinking the Texas A&M Kool-Aid. I'm very upset with myself. Make no mistake about it. The first thing I want to do, though, is give credit to Miami. Mario Cristobal, Cristobal, what he's done. Tyler Van Dyke was on fire. Five touchdown passes. And again, these power rankings, a lot of them still go back to, on a neutral field, who wins this football game. Okay? I still believe Texas A&M would beat any of the teams I've listed below them. Yes, that includes the Gamecocks. Because Texas A&M, they've still got that size and athleticism, both lines of scrimmage. They've got the offense figured out, it seems. I mean, Connor Wegman wasn't perfect, but he was pretty damn good against Miami. The offense wasn't the reason they lost. Now, all of a sudden, Texas A&M has question marks defensively. And they tumbled quite a ways. I believe last week they were ranked fourth in our power rankings, now down to eighth. Texas A&M could continue to tumble, but I'm not going to drop them to 10th or 12th or 14th or what have you because, admittedly, guys, a lot of teams lost. And the SEC right now is extremely difficult to peg these teams exactly where they are. Thankfully, we start SEC play. We'll start to learn a lot more about each of these individual teams. But for right now, I'm keeping Texas A&M in this number eight spot. But the Aggies, a lot to prove after a really, really disappointing loss to Miami. And I, I think, guys, that if A&M was going to have the type of season that I thought they were going to have, that many of us thought they were, they were capable of having, I thought they had to win that game for Miami. We'll see if I'm incorrect on that because guess what? At the end of the day, if you go out and you perform well in SEC play, the rest of it doesn't really matter. But not a great sign. Not a great sign for that defense. And uh, Jimbo Fisher, his seat just got a notch warmer. And it will continue to heat up if the Aggies don't move up this list.
The Spurs Up show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. The Spurs Up Show is also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app or head over to GameTime.co and use the promo code Spurs up for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's promo code Spurs up, S P or S U P, for $20 off your first purchase. Game time is the best ticket buying app available that removes all the stress of the ticket buying process. They have things like images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Guys, you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps and you're set. And also tickets, they're sent directly to your phone. So no more scrambling, searching through your email, trying to find the tickets you just bought. Whether it be the Gamecocks, a concert, a comedy club event, you name it, whatever the event is, buying tickets shouldn't be stressful. And Game Time is the way to go. Again, that's our friends at Game Time. Go download the Game Time app or go to GameTime.co. And when you do, Create an account and use promo code SPURSUP. That's SP or SUP for $20 off your first purchase. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Coming in at number seven, I've got the Kentucky Wildcats. I'm not exactly sure what to think of Kentucky right now. You know, again, admittedly, guys, here's the thing. I just, I don't feel comfortable moving these teams drastically up and down when they've played no one. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't put a lot of stock into games against cupcake opponents with watered-down game plans. Players aren't even fired up to play. Fan bases are kind of half into it. Like, I just... The biggest gripe I have with Kentucky is that Devin Leary in the offense hasn't looked quite what we expected, although I will say I thought Devin Leary got to go in Saturday. Four touchdown passes. They went down 7-0 early to Eastern Kentucky. I mean, they looked bad, right? They looked sloppy. They were down 7-0 for quite a while, but when they cut it on, they really cut it on. And, guys, if, if you go and you look and you do a deep dive in the numbers – Kentucky performing poorly against FCS opponents or lesser than opponents, cupcakes, if you will, it means nothing for them. They, they've had 10 win seasons 
where they played close games with teams like Youngstown State and and and, and these these smaller opponents, if you will. So I, I'm just I'm not buying more stock in Kentucky. I'm not selling my stock on Kentucky. I'm staying put. I'm staying put and observing and watching and seeing what happens because Kentucky takes on Akron this weekend. They're going to win that football game, right? Then they've got Vandy in the SEC opener. We'll talk more about that next week, of course, but you would expect Kentucky to get revenge and win that football game. Then they have Florida. Guys, Kentucky could be 5-0. and Kentucky could realistically be 5-0, and and we still not know if they're a really good football team, as crazy as that sounds. For right now, I'm staying put with Kentucky. The things that I liked about Kentucky in the offseason are still there. And just because they've been sluggish against some, some non-conference foe, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not making a drastic change. Kentucky sticks at seven. At number six, I got the Arkansas Razorbacks. Now, the big thing for Arkansas here, they need to get Rocket Sanders back, right? Did not play against Kent State. Sam Pittman ruled him out against BYU. He will not play in that football game. K.J. Jefferson has been under the quarterback like Spencer Rattler for the Gamecocks, who has been on fire, has played at an elite level, which is what you'd expect from arguably the best quarterback in the SEC. We get our first real glimpse at what Arkansas is this weekend against BYU. We get our first real glimpse, right? BYU a solid team. I don't know if they're great. They're not elite, but I think it's a good test, right? It's a good test for, for Arkansas and that 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 retooled secondary, right? And this this Dan Enos offense with KJ. They've been, you know, Arkansas, I feel like it's another one of those teams for the first couple of weeks, just been kind of flying under the radar, beating up on nobodies. Well, now we'll start to learn something. Now we'll start to find out because you got BYU this weekend, and then you go on the road to LSU. It's real, really, really fast. Can they beat BYU without Rocket? Will he be back for the LSU game? We shall see. But again, similar with Kentucky, not selling my stock or buying more in Arkansas. I like them in this sixth spot, and that's pretty much where they've been since the start of this season. Coming in at number five, this was a mover up the power rankings from last week. I got the Ole Miss Rebels. I I thought they had one of the most impressive wins the weekend. It sort of, again, went under the radar because of Texas and Alabama and that huge game. But going on the road, a a gutsy win, a gritty win against a really solid Tulane team. I I know a Tulane team didn't have their quarterback, but, you know, and it was only a 40,000-seat stadium. But to go in there, weird place to play. Tulane, you know, obviously their crowd, they're fired up. They've been looking forward to that game. I thought it was a good win, and I, I, I like what I'm seeing from Jackson Dart, from Lane Kiffin's office. And that, they got to get Quinshawn Judkins going. He was not very productive in that football game. Um, I think you're seeing the impact. Coordinator, I think you're seeing the positive impact on that regard. Uh, defense certainly buckled down in the second half. They outscored Tulane 27-3 to in that second half. And admittedly, guys, I went back and forth. I nearly had Ole Miss higher on this list. But for right now, number five, the Ole Miss Rebels. 
Um, you look at their upcoming schedule. They got a couple of games. Hey, next weekend, by the way, Ole Miss taking on. They're at Alabama. That'll tell us a lot. That will tell us a lot. That will be a great gauge of where those two teams are. Speaking of the Alabama Crimson Tide at number four, I've got Nick Saban's team. And guys, the reason they didn't tumble farther, right? Bama at, what was it, number two last week. Now at number four, I almost had them in the five spot. I'm not completely out on Alabama this season quite yet. One of the biggest reasons, because I I give a lot of credit to Texas. I I mean, yes, Alabama lost. And yes, it happened at home. And yes, Jalen Milward didn't look great. And I mean, I picked it, guys. I expected it to happen. But Texas, for all the joking and the poking and the prodding and the making fun, like Steve Sarkeesian, the Texas Longhorns, they're for real. They're for real this year. Now, are they incapable of, of, of doing something silly and, and dropping a couple games in Big 12 play? They shouldn't. I'm not saying that. But, like, you look at that game on Saturday night, guys, across the board, Texas was as good as or better than talent-wise Bama everywhere on the field. That goes to show you how good they are. So, I look at this game and, and look at the loss and the, and, and the rest of Bama's season as – the same with like LSU, which they lost to Florida State, right? He's an opener. Not a conference game, guys. All of their goals are still in front of them. I think Alabama's the same way. That loss to Texas hurts. It stings. It's unfortunate because it was a huge game. And is it the beginning of the end for Nick Saban? I mean, listen, I picked the Crimson Tide to go 9-3 and three this year. One of those losses being to Texas. So... We'll see if that's how it plays out, but right now I still say this is one of the best rosters in college football, certainly the SEC, but after the loss, had to drop down number four, the Alabama Crimson Tide. At number three, and again, guys, this is really difficult to decipher, right? Because again, we've got a lot of teams that have played a lot of cupcakes that haven't looked great. Like, we just, we don't really know, like... You know, who's the second best team of the SEC East? Like, do we really genuinely know right now? Nobody wants to stand up and take it and proclaim that or, you know, look flashy in doing so. With that being said, right now, number three, guys, and still my second best team in the East at the moment, and number three in my power rankings, I've got the Tennessee Volunteers. You go back and look at film from that Austin PA game, and I know they they struggled mightily. Tennessee struggled mightily early. Joe Milton and his receivers, I mean, they're just they're just a, a touch off. I forget what Twitter, what what uh what Tennessee volunteer account on Twitter X or whatever you want to call it. I forget who this guy is, but he did a great job. He like broke down all of Joe Milton's incompletions in like the first quarter or first half or something. And there were so many that He's throwing it a step behind a guy, or it's just it's just an inch too far outside of his outside of the receiver's outstretched hands, or or the receiver just drops the football. So you can tell that Joe Milton, his receivers, and this offense is just still working out the kinks, getting in flow, getting in rhythm. I think they're going to be fine offensively, guys. 
Jalen Wright, Jabari Small in the backfield, their running back position, I think, are very underrated. Um, and I think they will be productive. Where Tennessee has improved the most, in my opinion, is the line of scrimmage. Like, defensively, they are attacking people. Um, they looked so vastly improved on defense. And I understand they've played Virginia, who lost to James Madison, and they've played Austin PA. We'll learn a lot more this weekend. We will learn a lot more this weekend about Joe Milton, about that defense, about that entire football team when they go to the Swamp and take on Florida. Especially after Joe Milton's comments over the offseason when he said, I don't lose in Florida. That's what Joe Milton said. So we'll see if he can keep his promise. But right now, guys, again, I, I believe in Tennessee. I believe in Josh Heupel, the offensive attack. Um, you know, and I think I, I think Joe Milton, he's not going to be Hendon Hooker, guys. He's, he's not which is why I, I picked nine and three for them, and I, I thought they'd take a minor step back. But they're still going to have one of the most explosive offenses in the SEC. And th this game this Saturday going to go a long way in Tennessee, you know, fulfilling what I just said, right? It's huge for Joe Milton, but also Tennessee reaching their full potential, having the type of season they want to have in year three of Heupel. They got to win this football game. This is a must win for Tennessee but for right now, again, number three in the power rankings, I'm keeping them there, the Tennessee Volunteers. At number two, I've got the LSU Tigers. Tough loss in week one, bounce back in week two against Grambling. What did we learn? Absolutely nothing. There's a test this weekend, though, in Starkville. Weird place to play, guys. Weird place to play. Good service, somewhat of a, a trap game, if you will, although I, I, I do agree with what our good friend Chris Doring said yesterday that – it's tough to label this one as much a trap game as before the season because, you know, LSU's walking a tightrope. They, they can't afford to lose another game and be in the college football playoff discussion. That being said, though, it'll be a, it'll be a good task. It'll be a good challenge, if you will. And uh, I'm still a big believer in LSU. I, I think they're one of the two best teams in the SEC. Uh, I still believe in Jaden Daniels, Malik Neighbors, Harold Perkins on defense. They've obviously got Mason Smith back now. They're loaded across the board. I still believe that they lost to one of the best teams in college football in Florida State, a team that might even, dare I say, be better than Texas. So LSU sitting at number two in our power rankings, which means number one and no surprise, the Georgia Bulldogs. Here's what I'm not doing two weeks into the 2023 season. I am not buying this this manufactured narrative that Georgia is all of a sudden not very good, right? Like, they've had a couple slow starts, right, against Ball State and UT Martin. I will say on that note that against Ball State, they proceeded to score 31 points in the second quarter. Is Georgia still a work in progress offensively? Yes, they are. Absolutely, they are. Carson Beck has been efficient. He hadn't been great. They've got questions in their running back room. Again, these are all things we'll talk about more later in this week as we break down the South Carolina and Georgia game. But they've still got some questions in the running back room. Lad McConkey has missed the first two games. Um, you know, their interior defensive line, if you want to nitpick, right, is, is, is still a work in progress replacing Jalen Carter. But they just, you know, has Georgia looked the dominant Georgia that we thought we were going to get? I think what happens, guys, to these teams, though, these, these great teams, is 
we go through the summer and we go through the preseason and we talk about it for months and months and months. And, and we make these teams out to be, especially against these lesser opponents. Like if they don't win by a hundred, it was a failure. Like Georgia has outscored their opponents, guys, 93 to 10 through two games. And we are sitting here with people saying, well, I mean, Georgia, they're not that good. You know, they, they, they I ain't buying it. Until I see it happen in an FCC game, until I see Georgia get beat by, oh, I don't know, anybody. Respect the crown. I mean, I, I think you have to do that. They are back-to-back national champions ranked number one in the country. Until I see Georgia falter in any sort of way, guys, do you realize now Georgia has won three straight games dating back to the national championship by 40 points or more? First time in school history that's ever happened. I know a lot of the joking and playing around and nitpicking of Georgia this week and trolling of Georgia will be about Mike Bobo and Will Muschamp and the coaching staff, and I totally get that. Take your shots. But this Georgia team, top to bottom, I don't care what they've done against UT Martin and Ball State. They're still by far the best team in college football. They are the most complete team. They are loaded across the board. And until we see differently, until we get into an actual an SEC game and an SEC team can go toe-to-toe and expose some deficiencies, Georgia is the undisputed number one team in the SEC power rank. 